1: You need, indeed.
0: J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur of Inside the of Gamecocks, and I join him every Thursday at 11.30 along with J.B. and Phil as well. J.C., what's going on, my friend? Appreciate you taking the time.
2: Hey, great to be with you today, Chris. Going to be talking a little ball on Tuesday, man.
0: Absolutely. J.C., let's dive right into it, my friend. South Carolina takes down Furman, gets their first win of the 2023 season, 47-21. to It was dicey early on. I think most of us expected Furman to come out swinging, but the Gamecocks, obviously, with their talent, their athleticism, they pull away. What were your top takeaways from that game? What jumped out to you immediately following South Carolina's victory over Furman?
2: Well, I think games like this, you obviously want a very positive outcome in terms of the scoreboard you know, that's first and foremost, you always want to win. You don't want to lose these games. Uh, You prefer them not to be close. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, South Carolina, uh, you know, pulling away like they did. I thought that was huge for the program. Sorry, I say program, team, this year's team, uh, because they got to empty the bench. Uh, You got a lot of young players in. You got a lot of players that wouldn't have normally played. What happens when, when, when everybody plays and feels good about it and, And I'm glad, you know, when they put Lenore Sellers in and Tanner Bailey and and Colton Goffey and Luke Doty, they kept running the offense, you know. Uh, Steve Spurrier used to talk about this. You know, you keep running your offense and guys go out, make plays. You know, Tyshawn Russell gets a touchdown. Omega Blake and Nick Harbour get touchdowns. Uh, Sellers had two passes. That leads into the next week, and and everybody's feeling good because everybody got to play. So it's a a nice feeling around the building. Uh, Nobody's disgruntled. They all got in the game. Uh, and you won going away. Um, I thought that the last few minutes of the first half were, were really a—I don't know—I don't want to say turning point in the season, but it was really kind of the first time you got to see, hey, well, this is what this offense could be uh, this year. Uh, the blocking was there. Spencer Rattler's completing passes downfield. Uh, they ran the two-minute offense with perfection to get that last touchdown. Um, and then the Gamecocks pulled away from there on both sides of the ball and started to dominate the game. Uh, I thought that's what they needed to do. Furman wasn't going to come in and be intimidated. You know, they were going to come in with a good game plan. They caught Carolina on that halfback pass, kind of like ECU did a couple years ago uh, early. Um, And so you get it. I mean, that's what they should have done is is pull out all the stops, try to win, but uh, the Gamecocks won the game. You know, Spencer Rattler continues to play. Very, very well at a high, high level. Uh, The receivers all played really good, I thought, you know, a lot of them. Um, And then you got a glimpse of the future. I mean, you can't not be excited about what you see out of Limerick Sellers at this early stage Uh, in his first game action. I mean, you know, he he looks very calm out there and and, and confident uh, out there. And certainly when you rip one that long, and you hit the guy in stride. I mean, it's not only a great play by Sellers, Chris, but Russell, you know, he just ran right through the – kept running and running and running, running his route, past the DB, boom, touchdown, didn't drop it. No issues like that. So um, I think we kind of saw a similar play uh, that circulated from practice this preseason from Lenores. Norris. Uh, so that was good. You know, you're happy for a guy like Luke Doty, uh, who's getting more snaps now, be it a receiver or quarterback. Uh, Than maybe he once did, and I think that receiver thing is going to stick. You're happy for a guy like Eddie Lewis who, you know, didn't get a lot of targets or or PT the first game. Comes out there catches six for 89. He's a transfer from the portal from Memphis on his third school. I mean, he's a veteran. I mean, he's a guy that's not going to really be intimidated going into Athens uh, and playing next week. And with Amari and Brown sort of up in the air with a hamstring. Uh, you sort of are comforted by he and Doty uh, playing well. Uh, the young offensive linemen getting a bunch of snaps I thought was critical. Big Tree Babalade and uh, Trevon Ball, namely, played a whole lot of snaps. Uh, and I thought for true freshmen in their first action did well. Were there some mistakes? Absolutely. But uh, I thought they played well. So um, protection held up pretty nicely. I think Spencer was sacked one time um, on the night. Uh uh, the turnover was late, right, um, mm-hmm. the, the ta- poor Tanner Bailey. <laughs> uh, he, he he had the one play that kind of went askew, you know, with the backup quarterbacks. But, you know, that happens. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a game where everybody can kind of feel good uh, that the Gamecocks, you know, came out, took care of business. Uh, you know, they don't – a lot of times they don't have lines on these FCS mm-hmm. games. Uh, but Barstool, uh, I guess it's going to become Pin or ESPN gaming. But it's still Barstool. Barstool had them minus 17 and a half. So again, Coach oh, yeah. covered the spread pretty easily uh, in that ballgame when all was said and done. And I think now you just, you know, you take that confidence that you get from that game and the good feeling around your program and you go to Athens and you shoot your shot.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
0: JC, you mentioned the youngsters that contributed on Saturday night. I, I would agree with you. I think that's in a game like that, you know, you like to see things like Spencer Rattler continue to stay hot. Xavier Leggett do the same. But that to me was the biggest takeaway was seeing the stars of tomorrow shine today, if you will. Those guys show glimpses of of what the future holds. And I agree with you. How can you not be excited? But – I think some youngsters that can help you right now because, of course, a guy like Lenore Sellers, he's probably not going to see a ton of action this year because Rattler's QB1. Uh, some other guys that, you know, will probably most likely have to wait their turn. You mentioned these young offensive linemen, though. Big Tree Babalade, Trovon Bow, Jada- Jatavius Shivers. And when the grades came out for South Carolina's offensive linemen the Sunday after Furman, those three guys were three of the top four graded offensive linemen for South Carolina. So, like... The talent is there. We know it. There's a reason you you work so hard to recruit these guys. And I know that winning big in the SEC, like it's, it's not a great recipe to play a bunch of freshmen on your offensive front. But, I mean, moving forward, you got a glimpse now of what they can do. How much do you expect them to be involved? We didn't even mention Marquis Anderson, who wasn't ready to go. I mean, with the struggles you've had on the offensive front, at least we saw in game one, and I don't think it's any secret that that, you know, it was going to be a concern. I mean, let's call it for what it is, J.C. I mean, I thought you saw Sydney Fugar and Tyshawn Wanamaker struggle at times yet again. So, I mean, how much do you expect those youngsters to be impact players in the offensive line? And maybe the better question is, how soon would you expect that?
2: I think it's got to be – I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend, right? But uh, I think it's coming. You know, you hear Deion Sanders, we're coming. Coach O used to say it. We're coming, you know. Uh, I think these guys are coming. Um, and, you know, the, the crazy thing is, Chris, there's not that point in the schedule uh, this year like there was last year where you had, uh, you know, two games right there in a row with Charlotte and SC State where you're like, well, if, if you need to make a switch, uh, with go to some younger players, you can get them ready those two weeks and um, all that good stuff. But uh, it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I I look at it and I'm with you. Those guys are your more talented guys. You know, Trovon Ball, Big Tree, Markree, you know, those guys are, are just more talented than the guys that were ahead of them. Now, are they the best choice? That's a question. That's a coaching decision they have to make because, you know, if they're not ready, you don't want to put them out there and lose confidence and then, you know, you got a whole different mess on your hands. So, Uh, It's kind of an interesting decision for Lonnie Teasley. I'll say this, Teasley's caught some crap the last, you know, the first couple of weeks. I I I would hold my fire on that if I were the fans because um, he's got probably the best group of offensive linemen over the course of two or three cycles that have ever come to this school. (laughs) I mean, you can't go wrong with size and athleticism on the O-line, and he's got it coming in abundance. Um, you know, big tree and Trevon are the tip of marquee or the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you got two of the top two, probably the two top tackles in the country are in South Carolina and are both are committed to the Gamecocks coming next year. You know, plus Blake Franks is a really good, I mean, they are going to be so much better on the offensive line in a couple of years than they are right now. Uh, it'll be historically good if every, if you know, these guys stay healthy and develop. So, uh, I, uh, I think that, um, The Gamecocks, uh, you know, right now, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be kind of a transition year up front. Uh, And so will those guys start and play? It just kind of depends on if they're the best option. Right now, uh, I can make a case for it, to be honest. Um, But, you know, also, you had some guys on the interior that I thought took a step forward against Furman. I mean, it was Furman, but uh, the interior held up a little bit better. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, there's a... There's a school of thought you don't throw guys that are true freshmen into the fire like that at Georgia, but the last time the Gamecocks won at Georgia, Jalen Nichols as a true freshman started and played the whole game at right tackle, held up pretty well. So it's uh, there you go. So so who knows who knows what could happen? Who knows what could happen?
0: JC moving to the defensive side against Furman, and we'll, then we'll get off of that and talk Georgia. But I, I thought you know what you said and what you and I both agreed on. I thought it sort of. I thought it sort of came to fruition, and I think Boogie Huntley's comments today and the media availability sort of reaffirmed that when you just mentioned that there's a bunch of guys up front that are talented that need to play better. Bottom line. And that was a one of the reasons for the slow start, the rocky start, if you will, against Furman, because I know probably you were the same. I was sitting there when it was 14-7 to 7, Furman and thought to myself, we might be in for a long year. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, I thought Boogie Huntley when he said that, you know, he kind of had the come-to-Jesus meeting with the group and – Got everybody refocused and fired up. I just thought, honestly, JC, like those guys just played. Better. Like, like it wasn't really like anything drastically was reinvented defensively. And again, I know it's Furman. Take it with a grain of salt. I know they still have issues up there, but I thought that group just stepped up their game. I, I saw Tonka Hemingway and Boogie Huntley being more active. I thought, you know, a, a Nick Sanders and or a, a, you know Barrett and Sanders coming in. I thought they were very good. I thought Pop Howard was flying around. Debo being Debo, Stone Blant, and then of course the secondary head up there in. What did you see from the Game defense? Anything, I know it's Furman, anything encouraging from your end, though, that you take well, take away from that moving forward?
2: Yeah, they do Boogie, Boogie and his group need to take it another step forward. You know, and, and I agree. You know, boogie Huntley's been around here for a while. He's a he's a good kid, super kid, super family. Uh very athletic, defensive tackle, has a, has a big chance to you know, play ball for a long time. Uh, he, You know, he has hadn't been healthy during his career. And uh, he and taco both are kind of off to a, a slow start this season. But he needed – somebody needs to take ownership, right? You know, your best teams are player-led. Uh, and I think maybe, you know, this group we've seen every year for a while now, we go into the season with great hope and faith and expectation they're going to take a jump in this happened. Uh, and now, you know, you've got a different coach who's really good, and the response through two games hasn't been there. You know, they don't look any kind of different than than the underachieving bunch they've been. And so maybe Boogie needed to do that. I mean, I think he actually did, and they did play better. I was impressed with T.J. Sanders uh, making some plays. Uh, I think Nick Barrett's been solid through both games. Like to see him a little more of Elijah Davis, see what he can do in some situations. Uh, I think they got to get that other end position solved. I think that, uh, you know, t- Tyree Johnson's trying. He, he's actually playing more than he ever has. But, you know, uh, Shane, and we'll hear, hear from his his press conference here in a little bit. Uh, Jatias gear is supposed to be ready to go mm-hmm. this week. And so if he is, I, I think that's an upgrade. Uh, he was having a spectacular preseason camp till he got hurt in a scrimmage. And so I think that, um, you know, I, I think he could make an impact. Uh, it, it stunk to see Drew Tuohy as get a little injury. I think they need to continue to bring him along. Get that other end opposite strong solidified with some players, some ballers, uh, even if it's just depth and you're rotating. You know, I, I think that's important as well. Um, but, you know, look, uh, Georgia, if you look at them this year, uh, and I don't know, they may not have been too interested in playing uh, Tennessee, Martin, and Ball State. They're not bowling over people. They're not running the ball that well. Mm-hmm. And so South Carolina, you know, matches up based on what we know so far during the season, not not talent, not hype, not offseason, whatever. They should be able to match up. Uh, it would take Georgia going to another level, and South Carolina not, for them not to match up which could happen, but, uh, you know, they need to go play their best game Saturday. Uh, and I think that that was a good sign that they kind of stepped up against Furman and kudos to Boogie Huntley for getting out there and getting after it. Cause sometimes that's what it takes to wake everybody up and, you know, waking up, I think has been, is very important uh, for this defensive
0: line as a whole. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Your first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. JC, Gamecocks and dogs between the hedges and the SEC opener for both sides. Let's stick with the defense since we're on that topic. You know, obviously, Georgia with a very familiar name at the offensive coordinator spot. Mike Bobo calling the shots now, taking over for Todd Munkin. Uh, you know, there was some turnover for Georgia, right, in the offseason, the back-to-back national champions with – Bobo's arrival, pair of new offensive tackles, Carson Beckett quarterback, most notably, like you mentioned, Georgia, you know, how many conclusions can you draw from UT Martin, Ball State, a pair of games in which Georgia's outscored their opponents 93 to 10. But it's the way it's looked, right? And when you're a team like Georgia and you're trying to three-peat, I mean, it's it's not about just winning games. It's style. It's how you do it. Everything's going to get nitpicked. But when you look at Georgia, they got a brand new quarterback, as I mentioned. Like, what is the key for you with the Gamecocks defensively to slow down this Georgia offense? Because they really are elite at every level. I mean, I know they've got some questions at running back for sure, but I mean, their wide receiver room is as deep as it's ever been. They might be getting Lad McConkey back this week. We all know about Brock Bowers and God, what he did last year against that South Carolina defense. So. When you look at this ball game defensively, what does South Carolina have to do in this one to slow down that Georgia attack?
2: They have to play a whole lot better than they have the last three times they've played Georgia. <laughs> uh, Georgia's just moved it, in, I mean, three straight years, man. They've moved it at will. I mean, you just, they haven't been able to stop them at all, uh, get them off the field somehow. Uh, you know, I think another thing, Georgia uh, kind of turned it over early in 2021, I guess, but uh, you got to have some some good fortune there in the turnover department uh, and, and all that. I think that, uh, yeah, Georgia hadn't looked stellar running the ball so far, but, I mean, it's a different, you know, you got to think they're going to take it up a level when the game Gamecocks come in. It's the SEC opener, it's CBS, it's national TV. The place is going to be packed and rocking. Uh, kudos to Kirby Smart for – one of the it's the biggest piece of propaganda since LSU told Logan Diggs that our entire backfield was hurt last year to get him to come there. Um, you know, taking some talk, poor talking anyway. Just said, "Uh oh, Kyle Field, Neely Stadium." Like most kids would say. So Kirby's like, "Oh no, this is disrespected and blah, blah, blah. He's Conker's going to wake us all up. I know it's a good fun, but that play, they're going to be very, they're very. This could be a raucous crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Carolina, if it was a noon start, maybe not, but three thirty, man, those that bunch gets fired up, liquored up, mm-hmm. they're ready to roll, <laughs> um, you know, and and so uh, I expect a raucous crowd. But you know, defensively, Chris, it, it, it's got to be better. You know, Georgia has been the, the one team in two years. South, South Carolina, both games, they've been clueless. That the one good thing they did in twenty one. Uh, I thought early on was attack the field vertically, but that wasn't sustainable because you don't have the offensive line. Zeb Nolan gets hurt. Luke comes in, does some good things and, and all that. But then, you know, Georgia was running the ball through holes wide enough to drive a truck through. And then last year was just like a like a slow execution. It was like Braveheart, like the last scene in Braveheart. I mean, no, but nobody yelled freedom. Or Mercy. It was just that bad. Uh, you know, our guy Ben Breiner, who does some work for us on the big spur, breaking things down next to those ones, called Georgia the death trap offense. And it, it was. Mm-hmm. It was a dag of – I mean, it's literally what it was. Uh, Carolina had no answers. I mean, they'd force a third and four. Boom, no answer. Uh, the few times they did, and, you know, and it was – that game got out of hand really, really, really quick. Um, And so, you know, I, I think defensively there's a lot to work on against this team. There's a lot of pride that, that, that you need to take coming in to play in this team because they have flat-out smacked you in the face two straight years. Really three, but that 2020 team, and by the end, you know, there's a lot of guys on that team that aren't there now. So the two straight years, Georgia's rubbed your nose in it. Um. And, look, Georgia's not unchallengeable. You know, they, they, they had two games last year they could have easily lost against Missouri and Ohio State. So, they're not, you know, invulnerable. I mean, Kentucky held them to 16, you know. I mean, but uh, you got to go in there and play like South Carolina's defense has played in the past when they've had the opportunity to beat the Bulldogs, which is – you know usually at a high level even even in like that 45-42 game mm-hmm. in 01 chris south carolina had what three had had a special teams touchdown and two defensive touchdowns two pick sixes so mm-hmm. uh, our two defensive touchdowns so you got to go in there and hope for something like that on defense and, and if I'm I'm looking at one side of the ball where I'm going uh, you guys don't need to get run over and destroyed again uh, it, it's defensively more so than offensively.
0: J.C. switching sides of the football. You know, Georgia loses Jalen Carter to the NFL, but they're loaded once again. I mean, you, you can nitpick and say maybe interior defensive line. And, you know, Jalen Carters don't just show up and walk through the door every year, but they're loaded across the board all the way, all three levels from D-line to linebacker to secondary. And South Carolina, you know, the thing I think they most have going for them right now, they might have the hottest quarterback in college football yet again with Spencer Rattler just sort of has picked up where he left off, granted, you know, the, against the UNC and the Furman defenses, and I think this is a hell of an opportunity for Spencer Rattler to show the college football world, like, I'm back and I'm better than ever and I should be considered one of, if not the best quarterback in the country. But South Carolina is going to have to combat, J.C., that offensive front, an offensive front that can only produce 2.8 yards per carry against Furman, and I, I know they went – quote-unquote air raid and they threw it all over the yard and that's great and some fans have urged why don't they just throw it every play but JC you know as well as I do man that's it's it's one thing to say that it's another to go take on Georgia and sit back and throw it 50 times right it's not normally a recipe for great success so I ask you this JC you've got the quarterback you've got Xavier Leggett you've got other weapons but how does South Carolina scheme around their deficiencies up front manufacture some sort of running game manufacturing of the where Spencer Rattler can operate freely and, and have a, have a successful outing on Saturday?
2: Well, there's a lot of ways you could do it. Um, you know, you could go to 12 personnel and play two tights, uh, you know, but Trey Knox hadn't gotten off to the best start blocking. I think he'd probably tell you that Josh Simon's been pretty good. Uh, you know, you can max protect and do things of that nature. Uh, or you can just say to heck with it and spread everybody out and chuck it all over the yard like Mike Leach. <laughs> and and that would require large splits in your own line and all that good stuff. That stuff is there. I mean, they, they can they can reasonably do that. So there's, you know, I think to get the run game going, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people are calling for Mario Anderson and DJ Braswell to get more touches. And trust me, I mean, I, when I looked uh, – when I looked out there uh, on, on Saturday, I thought, well, these guys look really good by comparison. Um, but, you know, I don't know if they'll do that or not. You know, do they go with the more of uh, the jet sweeps like they used to? Is, Ju- Gi- is Juice Wells' health is big in this game. You know, what, what's the deal there? I mean, he played 30 snaps the other night but only one reception. Didn't play that much against North Carolina. Was he kind of a decoy against Firm? What, what What's the deal? Is Juice gonna go to be able to go out and perform like Juice? George's starting safety, Javon Bullard, is probably out. So there's gonna be some opportunities, most likely, against an inexperienced player downfield for Xavier and Juice both. But I think you gotta have both. Okay, I think you gotta have the Xavier type deal, and you gotta have the Juice type deal as well. Um so you know, if I'm running the ball, you know, I'm kind of looking for any way I can to scratch out yardage. Uh, whether that's running back, whether that's running Juju more to the outside, whether that's maybe throwing a little triple option in there. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I know South Carolina's chances of victory decrease if they just line up and run it up the middle or uh, try too many, you know, cute things wide where Georgia's speed on the perimeter becomes a factor and that kind of thing. I think you need misdirection, uh, quarterback keepers, that type of thing to sort of, you know, scratch out yardage. You know, I, I don't. I don't know that Carolina's going to line up and run for a whole lot. Regardless, I will say this: Shane Beamer is twelve and one as the head coach at South Carolina. When the Gamecocks rush for one hundred or more yards, one hundred.
0: It's not a it's lot. Not that
2: much. <laughs> yeah, ain't that much, man. I mean, you can scratch. Yeah, you can scratch. So if they scratch out a hundred, look out.
0: JC, I know you got to run, my friend. Last thing before I get you out of here, I I do think this is a big opportunity for South Carolina in the sense. And and I'm not one that, you know, hang your hat on moral victories. But let's be honest, If the Gamecocks were able to go toe-to-toe with Georgia for four quarters, make this a close competitive ball game, something they have not done yet in the Beamer era. I do think that would be a real positive boost for their season. And who knows? Maybe, just maybe, it can be another one of those days like 2019. That being said, how do you see this thing shaking out on Saturday?
2: Yeah, I, I may be, I may be completely wrong about this. I, I think South Carolina's going to put some points on the board. I think Rattlers doing too well right now, uh, and South Carolina's got too many weapons. I think the Bullard injury is going to be significant for them. Uh, and when you look at Georgia, the last few years, you know who has really on offense gotten after them pretty good. And, and you look back, and I've got you know three examples: twenty twenty, Florida with Trask and Kyle Pitts and all, and Kadarius Toney and all those weapons, that Florida team, I think, passed for more yards than any in Gator history, maybe more in NCC history. Mm. Uh, and, and they beat him pretty good down there in Jacksonville. You know, now they were young. The next year, you know, who got after him? Well, nobody except Alabama in the SEC championship game. Bryce Young threw over the top a bunch. Um, downfield, downfield, downfield. They got after them. Um It probably would have in the natty, too, had Bama's receivers not been hurt. Uh, And then last year's Ohio State, you know, vertical, passing game, receivers, matchups, that kind of thing. Uh, And so we've seen, you know, if you're going to compete with Georgia, uh, having a good downfield passing game is great, you know, good to have uh, provided you could protect. And those teams did protect. So that's the question. Are they going to be able to protect? Uh, I think they will to a certain extent. Uh, I think Carolina's defense may have too many holes uh, to, to, to shut them down. I think Mike Bobo has been sandbagging quite a bit the first two weeks. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> uh, he's going to have some plays ready for him. Carson Beck, I think, is a good quarterback. Uh, so I think Georgia will win, but I think it'll be something like me, 38-21, 38-28. Uh, I'll be a homer and go ahead and lock in 38-28. And Carolina will cover that 27, but uh, it's uh, – it's a game where I think there are some opportunities for the Gamecocks uh, to play a lot better against the Dogs than they have the last few years.
0: J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. J.C., great stuff as always, my friend. Appreciate you being gracious with your time and looking forward to chatting with you, J.B. and Phil, on Thursday, my friend. Take care.
2: Right, thanks, Chris. Thanks, yes.
0: Great stuff.